Hello and welcome to From the AD's View. I'm your host, Dr. Cedric Brown. Today's guest is Mr. John Oshalu. How you doing, John? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. John, uh, Black History Month. February is Black History Month. Uh, the theme for this year is uh, African American and the arts. Um, what? How does Black History Month and college athletics mesh together, John? I just think um, two things that come to mind is opportunity and access, right? I think that, um, you know, you look back a long time ago, um, you know, athletes, African-American athletes, black athletes did not have the opportunity to compete at the high level or the access, right? So I think that's what changed. That's kind of what those are the two points that stand out to me in terms of okay. black okay. and athletics. What about, uh, John, you've led college athletics for many years. Um, what are some of the tenets that you've taken with you and your leadership? Yeah, um, the importance of um, athletic, uh, the student athletic experience. That's so that's so crucial to me. That's a passion of mine. I think that um, you know that's it's just it's the antithesis of why we are doing what we're doing um, as far as leaders in the athletic in the athletic department or in, in the world of education, providing a great student athletic experience um, for students. Right. And the second second point would be alignment. I think alignment with, um, with leadership, alignment with other departments on campus. And that's what kind of builds a culture of shared excellence when everybody's kind of rolling in the same direction. Everybody, regardless of its financial aid or athletics or student services, is aligned with each other and supporting each other and working well together to, again, provide that great student athlete experience. Sure. And uh, our final topic, uh, John, this is uh, All-Star Weekend in the NBA, man. What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's always great. It's always exciting, you know, when you're a little kid and you, you know, you're watching the, you know, the All Star games and you know you're seeing the best of the best go up against each other. So I think it's just an exciting time of year. It's something that I always look back on and you know I always enjoy. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a great time to just celebrate what the NBA is and where where it is right now. These topics and more on from the AD's view. Let's get it. Welcome back to the show. Uh, before we get started, uh, I'd like to give honor to God who's the head of my life, because without him, none of the things that I do uh, would be possible. And a special uh, a shout out today. Um, my daughter uh, is competing in the Indiana uh, Class 4A North semi-state uh, game today against Noblesville, Indiana. And I just want to give a shout out to Coach Candy Wilson uh, and the uh, uh, Fighting Women Vikings of Valparaiso High School. Uh, we wish them all the best. We wish them all the best. So now let's bring back our special guest, Mr. John Oshalu. John is the former director of basketball operations at East Carolina University. He is a former AD at Seton LaSalle High School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Also, a two-time former AD at the community college level in Beaver County of Beaver County and of Allegheny County. And um, his he was um, recently the AD at Point Park University. Uh, a brother of a of another mother, uh, Mr. John Oshalu. How you doing, John? 
I'm good, man. Good. Always good to chop it up with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, John, well, let's get right into it, man. Um, we talk about Black History Month uh, in uh, in February, right? Um, we, you know, you and I, uh, people that look like us, we talk about Black History more than just in February, right? Of course. But, of course. you know, there's so much going on that people don't understand when it comes to um, collegiate athletics for persons of color, right? We have the um, Southwestern Athletic Conference, otherwise known as the SWAC. We have the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, otherwise known as the MEAC. Um, Some of the, you know, I have friends that are in in both conferences. At Prairie View uh, is Mr. Anton Goff. He's the AD down in Houston, right? At Bethune-Cookman. Uh, my buddy, uh, Mr. George Bright, he's uh, one of oh, the yeah. uh, uh, high-leading ADs in, at Bethune-Cookman. And at Grambling, my buddy Dante Johnson is the head men's basketball coach there. And then, you know, you have Howard over in the MEAC. You have Norfolk State in the MEAC. You have uh, North Central, excuse me, North Carolina Central and Morgan State, right? Yeah. What yeah. What has happened with – uh, HBCUs um, and student athletes of color uh, in those conferences that has elevated our student athletes? I think you're just seeing more resources being poured into those um, institutions. And as a byproduct of that, um, the athletic departments are getting some of those um, resources and they're able just to elevate just the level and not just one level, just levels across the board, whether it's the res- whether it's resources, whether it's facilities, you know, coaching, because as you probably well remember, I mean, a couple of years ago, like, you know, you look at it, two division one schools and one's an HBCU and one's a PWI and the PWI has the head coach at three assistants, three full-time assistants, the director of basketball operations, and maybe one or two other support staff. But then you look at another division one HBCU and they have a head coach, maybe two assistant coaches, and that's it. You're like, wait, this is, they should have more staff. And so I think that as the time passes, as these HBCUs rightfully so get their just due resources, now they're able to kind of elevate that level of um, student athletic experience, that level of competitive advantage where now, you know, they can rise up and be able to compete at a, at a level with their peers at division sure. one level. I mean, I think the same thing, you, you can say the same thing too about those Division two schools, too, like in the SIAC um, and, 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 the, and the other um, conferences. So I think that, you know, as, as the resources get poured to these, these institutions, um, I think that, you know, their level of competitive excellence it, it increases. Sure. And, you know, uh, I was never a member uh, or, or coached as a, as a member of HBCU. Uh, the closest thing was Chicago State University. And, and, my experience there was because we were limited in our financial resources. Uh, one year, I believe uh, it was our 04, 05 season. We played 11 pay games and wow. raised just under a million dollars in our pay games. Right now in those 11 games, we went 0 and 11. Now yeah. what I will say is that it has the ability to um, iron sharpens iron, right? So it has the ability to toughen up the student athletes, get them prepared for what was then the mid uh, the the Mid American uh, uh, Athletic Conference, or excuse me, the the Mid Continent 
athletic conference at the time. And um, we had to end up playing uh, Ron Hunter at uh, IUPUI. IUPUI, yeah. We played um, uh, Homer Drew at Valpo yeah. and oh, then yeah. ended up playing in Tulsa against um, uh, Scott Sutton and ORU and Oral Roberts yeah. University, right? Yeah, Made it yeah. all the way to the uh, the championship of the MidCon on ESPN and just happened to lose to yeah. uh, Oral Roberts University. But those 11 games, Surprise. bitter and sweet, right? We, yeah. we, we raised money for the non-traditional sports, the tennises, yeah. the track and fields, yeah. those yeah. things, right? And yeah. my boss, Kevin Jones at the time, his record takes a hit. And we prepare our our young men for the uh, conference tournament, hopefully going into the NCAA tournament. What can yeah. HBCUs do, um, John? What can they do to level the playing field when it comes to resources and things like that? Yeah, you know, I always talk about this amongst some of my colleagues. And I think what they can do is, it goes back to what I said earlier, like the student-athlete experience, right? So I think that, you need to provide a great, a great experience, even for your just for the whole student body, right? And I think you need to do that while they're there, because what you see at some of these other Division One schools is they have a high level of uh, cultural or philanthropy within their alums. So, like a lot of their alums, they they leave, they go do well, they're given back. That's a huge source of fundraising. That's a huge source um, source of, of acquiring resources, right? So, I think that you know what we what we continue to do better. Within the HBCU, um, within the HBCU schools, what we've been doing better is kind of providing that great student athlete experience, and then also stewarding our alum right. so that now they're giving back. I mean, you see it at FAMU. Um, one of my one of my friends is um, Tiffany, the athletic director at FAMU, oh, yeah. and I see Tiffany's doing a great job. Yeah, doing an unbelievable job, and she and you see that things that are happening there now typically didn't happen like maybe seven to 10 years ago where alums are giving back. I know they just lost their football coach to they have a new one, but they lost their football coach. has been very successful, lost in the Duke. But, you know, right. through that experience there, they were, they, as they were trying to keep them, I know that Tiffany made a call to, uh, even on social media, to their alums to raise some money in a, in, a, in, in a short amount of time in an effort to try to keep the staff. And right. they did it. They actually eclipsed what, what the the amount that she put out there. So that's something that I think that wasn't really happening before and it's starting to happen now. But I think it starts when the student body is there, when student athletes are there in terms of providing that great experience while they're there. So then when they leave, you know, they feel and like, you know, they look back on their time that it was, it was a great time and they want to support and, and they support you know, with their pockets, they support with, 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 with what they have. Um, so I think that's, that's something that's very, very important. You, miss, you see that I mean, at a huge level across, you know, the Power Five schools where, you know, right. um, alums are donating huge sums of money. Um, right. that's, that's, that's a big part of it, right, in terms of getting our own um, to, 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 give, to give back. I mean, I'm a, I'm a graduate of HBCU. I went to Xavier University, the only um, Catholic HBCU in the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my time it was great there as a student athlete. And, you know, the last couple of years I started, you know, giving back to my alma mater and especially specifically giving back to the men's basketball team because I know, you know, what that experience provided for me. That's that's the that's the reason why I'm why I'm where I am right now because you know I was able to get a great experience there and then also this uh, being a part of the men's basketball team is special to me. And that and that makes a difference, John. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up. So when the viewers 
um, that don't know, that don't have that experience in uh, annual giving, you know, mm-hmm. or, or just doing a, a single donation, you yeah. can make that donation specific to the team or teams yeah. that you want to do that for. So if sure. you want to make sure that men's basketball receives your total donation, you can yeah. specify that. So that's a good point to bring out for our viewers so that they understand that. Um, as you, as you were talking before, John, you were talking about, you know, the fact that um, uh, HBC UADs are doing a better job at reaching out to their constituents and reaching out to former student athletes and, and uh, former alum to, uh, you know, to come and to give. Um, that's a powerful thing, right? So yeah. that, you know, when Tiffany could go out and reach out to former alums that are successful and they yeah. can maintain and retain, yeah. uh, re- retain the coach and maintain the trajectory of the program, that's huge. Yeah. That's a yeah. big thing. And kudos to her, you know, but she's killing it. You know, she's, yeah, she's, she's one of the, the, the top uh, women in, uh, in athletics uh, and that she's definitely one of the top uh, women of color in yeah, athletics, yeah. killing the yeah, game. I think she's one of the top athletic directors in the country, period. I'm, I'm Absolutely. Amazed, I'm amazed killing at what, she's the, yep. what she's doing. Yeah. Killing the game, killing the game. Yep. Um, as we transition to that, talking about ADs, John, you have led um, college athletes uh, for several years, right, yeah. at, at different levels, and even mm-hmm. led high school you know, the intercollegiate, I mean, excuse me, interscholastic uh, student athletes as well. John, you know, what have been some of the uh, the tenets or the characteristics of your leadership that you've kind of leaned on and leaned into as you have progressed through your career? Um, one of the things I try to always do is just, you know, um, be, a, um, be a selfless leader, right? Um, um, also be, 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 be transparent. Um, obviously, you know, you, when you're athletic director, you're working with coaches and, you know, you want everybody to kind of work together, work as a team, right? So, uh, those are the two things I try to just be, be transparent, be selfless. Um, you know, one thing, and I, I'm always, I'm always a believer that, you know, athletics needs to be aligned with the university, whatever the university is trying to accomplish. So mm. those are things just, you know, kind of making sure that, we are working great. Yeah, we're in the athletic department. Yeah, we're totally different from the business department or the financial aid department. But I think we need to be working and coinciding with the mission of the institution. Um, again, I think that I said that earlier, just work rowing in the same direction, working in the same direction. I think it's, it's, it's very key. It's very important. You don't want to be siloed off like, wait, you know, the athletic department is just by itself and they do their own thing. We, you want to be a byproduct of the institution and working towards be a, be a great partner, right? I think you want to be a great partner to all departments and, and work towards the same mission. So yeah, selfless transparency and just being, just, um, you know, being aligned with the, with the university's mission. Those are things with the institution's mission. Those are things that have, that have been successful. Um, sure. Those are things that have, that have created a culture of shared excellence. Um, yeah. I just, I just feel like, you know, athletics is, is meant to make the educational experience better. Right. Absolutely. So, and that cuts across a lot of different lines, right? You're going to, uh, athletics, where you're cutting across internal, internally within the university, externally. 
So, um, yeah, it's been a great partner. Uh, those are things that I've, I've, I've taken with me from everywhere I've been and, and, and have created a uh, high level of success. Absolutely. Well, John, uh, stay with us. I'm, we're going to we're going to pick this topic up when we come back. Gotcha. Right. You stay with us um, and uh, we'll come back back and we'll pick up that third topic. Uh, you are watching from the 80s view. I'm your host, Dr. Cedric Brown. We'll be right back after this break. Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep. Off the runway and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try and every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time and making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear. Because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything. New styles, top designers, all for a flat monthly fee. Start your subscription at renttherunway.com. Slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand. This is the way pit pork has always been done. Cold pork lovers, rejoice. The smoky old days are back at the Smoke Shack. From the creative team that brought you The Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the sky. Water, it's everywhere. We drink it, we bathe with it, we cook with it. Coffee's made with water. Toilets won't flush without it. It's used for washing clothes, dishes, utensils, pots, pans, floors, and our teeth. Plants and crops need water, animals drink it, and fish need it too. And don't forget, we can have a lot of fun in the water. Water. What would we do without it? Welcome back to the show. Uh, You're watching From the 80s View. I'm your host, Dr. Cedric Brown. And before we get back to our special guest, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, my book. Um, how black men overcome racial barriers and the status quo in NCAA institutions. Uh, it's a narrative inquiry. And uh, I spoke to a colleague of mine uh, over the uh, throughout the week, and uh, he had used a portion of my book in a paper that he was writing. And uh, he said to me um, that it was one of the more positive uh, perspectives on looking at, uh, you know, potential racial barriers and, and how um, uh, a marginalized population uh, like African-American men in uh, high-level athletics, looking at that from a positive perspective, right? Because the way that uh, I tried to go about it was to look at what the positive influences were over the men that I spoke with that helped them to ascend uh, 
uh, and as they aspire to be athletic directors in Power Five uh, institutions. And so um, I'm glad that uh, people are recognizing that it is a more positive way uh, at looking at um, that perspective and looking through that lens. And we came up with, well, the research uh, proved out to be that uh, benefits of role models was one theme. The second theme was the expectations of those role models uh, to, toward the mentee. And then the other theme was that there were some perceived and some real uh, barriers that uh, African-American men faced as they tried to do that. But the overall arching arching uh, theme was that it was role models and it was their influence that helped them uh, attain those positions. And if you want to purchase the book, you can get the book on Amazon.com. Um, if you'd like to uh, get in contact with me, you can reach me at cedricandbrown.org. Uh, you can see past episodes of the podcast there. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about the professional services that I provide, also, you can go on cedricandbrown.org there. And um, I'm looking for guests all the time uh, to come on the show to give their points of view uh, through their lens on different things that are going on in athletics, in education, entertainment, around family and faith, please reach out to me at cedricandbrown.org and email me. Uh, From the 80s View comes on Sunday evenings at 640 Central, 740 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, We'd love to have you view the show uh, and get your point of view. You can also reach me uh, on my YouTube channel at Dr. Cedric M. Brown. Uh, reach out to me. Uh, if you're watching the show now, you can uh, click in and uh, comment down below, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's bring back our special guest, Mr. John Ashalu. John, welcome back. Uh, we were just talking about leadership, right? And yeah. uh, some of the things that uh, that you know I talk about uh, in in the the position that I serve in right now um, is student success. Right. My boss says two words all the time. If he could put it on a billboard, if he could fly a plane and have a sign behind the plane, it'd be student success. What other uh, tenants? I mean, John, you are a great fundraiser. You are a great fundraiser. You are have been able to raise a lot of money. So let's briefly talk about that, John. What uh, is your approach when it comes to fundraising? I think this is the most important thing is just creating relationships, right? I think it's just like anything else, right? Before somebody's going to give you something, you have to, you know, create that relationship between them. And then once you create that relationship, you're you're trying to, or as you're creating that relationship, you're trying to find, you know, find out what their passions are, right? Find out what they're, what, you know, someone could be really passionate about academics or, you know, whatever it might be, or maybe facilities. I think you're trying to find out what the passions are and then trying to align those passions with what, you, what your needs are. So like, you might come into it saying, like, you know, really need locker rooms or really need to renovate our baseball facility. But the person you're speaking to might be, you know, very academically inclined and they want to do something as far as, like, maybe providing laptops for your student-athletes or something like that. They might they might want to, you know, maybe, maybe build. They don't want to build a locker room, but they want to build a student success center. Um, so it's just basically, you know, creating a relationship and 
as you know, in this business, everything's relational, right? Everything's about, about people. So you're trying to, you know, create relationships, cultivate those relationships to where there's now an ease to saying, hey, okay, now I, I know this person. I know Cedric. I know what his passion is. I know, you know, what is, what I have a pretty good amount, you know, how, how much he's able to give. All right. I do. I have these three needs, and I think need C is what is what what would appeal. Well, the center can say, okay, all right. Well, we have this project, and this is what we're trying to do. I think you really be, I think you really be interested in it and doing that. And I think it's just kind of doing your homework, right? Not leaving, uh, turn over every rock, you know. Just you know, not leaving no shake no, all uh, the trees. Cover. Yeah, yeah. Eat I all mean, the bushes. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 have been a recipe for success. I mean, I've been at a lot of places so far that you know the culture of philanthropy has not been a has not been a high level. So you have to be very creative in terms of you know how to uh, how to get people on board. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of been it. Just you know, it's like anything else. You know, you, to, for you to trust me to give me money out your hard earned money, there has to right. be a relationship there, right? Relationship. Yeah. So I think that you know that's one of the big things. Like you know. Creating a relationship, cultivating that relationship—that's uh, that's always a huge key. That's a, that's a great word right there, John, and that means so much in our business, right? Relationships across campus, relationships yeah. with constituents, relationships with donors, relationships yeah. with former student athletes. Uh, yeah. That that's a that's a great word. That is a great word. Uh, let's let's go to something more fun, John. It's uh, okay. uh, it's NBA All Star Weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had the play. We had the uh, in-season championship won by yeah. LeBron James and uh, and and the in the L.A. Lakers. Right, uh, not doing so well now. I mean, if I look at the stats right now, uh, in the East, Boston is number one. Cleveland yeah. is number two. Right, yeah. Milwaukee right. number three. Right, uh, and my New York beloved New York Knicks. Are number four right now. You know what I'm saying? Doing doing what they do on the West. Minnesota, John. Minnesota. The Timberwolves yeah, are number one. Yeah. OKC. We didn't. We haven't heard from OKC since the Big Three, right? They're number two. The LA Clippers. I think they're front runners, right? Uh, because yeah, we'll see yeah. if Kawhi can stay healthy. If if okay, Paul yeah. can stay healthy, right? Uh, yeah. Number three and the defending champs. Number four. Um, I think some yeah. of the wild cards and, and I'll share the, you, you can share with me. I think wild cards in this will be Indiana and, uh, Philly. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think that on the, in the West, it'll be new Orleans. I got to go with LA and Dallas, but I think my ultimate champion coming out of the NBA this year is Boston. What say you, John Ashalu? Yeah, man. Boston is definitely playing at a high level, man. I think that, um, you, you hit on the nail there with Boston. They're definitely going to be, um, some of that. I think it's just their time. Like you feel like you know every last couple of years they've just been close, close, close. But man, and I think they're they're clicking on all cylinders. They um, they have a lot of really good pieces. Um, so I think that definitely yeah they're going to be in there. Um, one person I'm I'm just excited about is um, SGA Shea Shea um, Gildress Alexander. Gildress, yeah, um, yeah. He's man. He's just like again, is he hooping or what? Being a Canadian and him being a Canadian too, I I got a root for the Canadians. So man, I think he's just like competing at a high level right now, man. Every single game, and he just he just makes it look so easy. So I'm excited to watch him in the All Star game. So I think he's gonna come out with a vengeance and just and try to really prove himself. 
Um, so nah, and then um, you know, like the Tatum, uh, I love watching Tatum from the Boston Celtics play. And you mentioned Minnesota Timberwolves. That boy, well, my boy Brunson, his his first All Star game. Yeah, Brunson's you know? a good player too. Brunson's a good player too. But yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves have been playing out of their mind, man. Like you know, with, with Cat and um, uh, man, they just gave me their the best player is it Edwards. No, yeah, play that. yeah, 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 man. They just. They're playing at a high level too, man. It's like surprising. Like, when's the last time you heard Minnesota? Um, not, in, not, in, not since, not since uh, uh, KG. KG. Yeah, yeah. That's, KG, that's a long time. That's a long time. So, well, I like Sam, man. It's like Sam. I'm looking forward to watching those guys in high stage. And uh, my, my brother, my younger brother, uh, actually posted something on, on IG. Um, one of the best All Star. This is probably the best All Star game. I think it's like the oh, man. It's the one where. Kobe was in it, Marbury at Iverson. So I was watching that, like highlights of that yesterday. And I was like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this All Star game because man, there were some really, really great All Star games back in the day with some with some big time players. It's, it. it's so, gonna be a good one. Yeah. And I'm and I'm yeah. a, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back. Uh, I'm gonna reverse back because we have a a huge milestone uh, on our women Hooper side, right? Uh, Miss oh, yeah. Caitlin Clark. You know, at Iowa, wow. is she killing the game or My what? Goodness. Is I mean, yeah, I, and somebody somebody asked me the question, and I argued yes. I said I believe in certain situations, Caitlin Clark could go and play in the in the NBA. You know, and I'm no, talking no. about shooter. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. she can get her she can get her shot off if somebody yeah. she has a good yeah. point guard that's that's playing, touching the paint, kicking yeah. out to her. She can do the things that you know that need to be done in the yeah. NBA. You know what I'm saying? And and I thoroughly yeah. believe that people talk about oh she's, yeah. she might not be strong enough, she may not be fast enough. I don't believe that. I believe that if Caitlin Clark had the opportunity and they gave her the chance that she could do something in the NBA. Sure. That young lady is uber talented. Yeah, she's unbelievable. It seems like a video game where you're watching it play. Like, there's no way she shoots from the logo, and like, just like, oh. like with ease, not and the, and the ease. and the step, the the side step three That's, to her yeah. left, laying it down. She shoots it, and you know, and and she has a very um, humbleness to herself, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and, and not that the fellas in the NBA don't, because she she can get a little she can get a little spicy though. Right. Oh, she yeah, got a little yeah, spicy yeah, during yeah, the tournament, yeah, yeah. but if she wanted she to, oh, there. she could be she could be everybody's nightmare. Um, yeah. As we cl- as we get ready to close the show, John, uh, one, I want to uh, give you an opportunity. If someone wants to um, get in contact with you, John, and seek some of that wisdom that you've had over yeah. the many years of being an athletic administrator, how can they get in contact with you? I'm getting contact me on X, um, X formerly Twitter. Um, my address is there, Sean at John Ashley at J O H N A S H A O L U, the number five. Um, that's I'm I'm very active on Twitter, so yeah, definitely get get at me there. Um, and we can connect and uh, and make sure talk on the phone. And then the last thing, John, that we always do, man. Um, you and I talk a lot. Uh, all you know, other than this, but John, yeah. briefly tell everybody what faith means to you, man. Oh man, it's everything to me. It's central to everything I do. Um, it's um, it's it's just a it's, it's a way of life for me. I was brought up in a faith based household, and you know, got my two degrees from faith based institutions. So it's um, it's central to everything I do. Right, every decision I make, um, everything I I, I want to make in my life, faith is very very important to that. Very important to me. 
and, and my family. So, yeah, no, I appreciate you asking about that because we don't we I, typically we don't really in a lot of work depending on where we work. We don't really get to highlight that. But yes. um, no, I'm, I'm glad you're definitely highlighting it. Absolutely, Would, wouldn't have any other way because without him, you know, or or without you know what you know, whatever anyone believes, right, without yeah. that faith or without that spiritualness yeah. for those individuals, uh, you yeah. and I, it's Christ. Um, yeah. it, it would, it may not go the same way, right? It, you know, that yeah. faith, it's the, you know, uh, the, the, you know, it's the, uh, faith that to believe that something's not there, um, but knowing that but it no, is yeah. there to take care, to take care of you. Um, of but John, I, I appreciate you brother, as always, for yes, um, what you do for student athletes and, and yeah. how you lead student athletes and the way that you affect lives in a uh, positive manner. Uh, John Ashalu, you, uh, you, you are a king in this business. And I mean that I uh, sincerely. Man. You are a king yeah. in this business, man. And, and uh, you are going to continue to make an indelible mark on student athletes' lives, and I appreciate you for that, man. Uh, thank you, thank you for that. Appreciate appreciate you seeing that, and appreciate that. Absolutely. Hey, shout out to your family. Shout out to yes, your queen. Likewise. Uh, let thank them you. know Uncle said said hello. Yes, uh, let yes, your queen sir. know I said hello, man, and uh, yes, we will sir. definitely be in touch. Okay. Hey, I'd like Sounds to thank uh, Mr. John Ashalu for being on the show today. Um, you know, having individuals like John. And uh, leaders like him are um, invaluable, right? And as I close the show, um, I just want to talk about that, right? Uh, leadership. Leadership is hard. Leadership is something that um, is, a, is a difficult thing because you have to be the first one to show up and you have to be the last one to leave in that leadership role. You have to be, as John mentioned earlier, you have to be a servant leader. You, you know, leadership is not just being at the top. Right. The, the, it starts and stops with leaders. Um, at the same time, leaders should be on the bottom supporting those that do the work, those that are in the trenches, those that, that are in the arena. Uh, and so as you look at uh, potential leadership opportunities, uh, do some of the things that we talked about today, you know, uh, build relationships with uh, anybody that is that is in that atmosphere that's in the arena. Uh, if you're in higher education, if you're in education, build relationships across campus, build relationship with other departments, um, and it will go a long way. It will go a long way. But like I said, um, I thank each and every one of you for watching from the 80s view. Uh, this show has uh, gone from, you know, just a thought to what it is now. And I thank each and every one of you that view the show and that uh, uh, follow what we're trying to do here on From the AD's View. I appreciate it. And once again, I want to give a shout out to the Valparaiso Vikings, my my baby girl, uh, Cheyenne Brown, uh, freshman on the varsity, doing her thing. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. And uh, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Good night and God bless. <laughs>